that note, who's ready for the word today? We are in a message series right now called Living with Power. Living with Power. Uh, this is, I believe, week four. And the anchor scripture for the introduction of our series was Ephesians 3.20, right, Wade, which says that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can think or ask, listen, according to the power that works in us. That power is the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the same spirit or power that raised Jesus from the dead that now lives and dwells in you and I who have given our hearts to Jesus Christ. If that be so, that means that there is a power that is available or accessible to sons and daughters of God that would allow us to live in a natural world and environment, but according to heavenly principles and privileges. Many people live their lives in the natural environment according to the limitations of the natural world, but God says that we serve a greater authority, we're citizens of a different kingdom, so we're in the world but not of the world. Does that make sense? So what the point of the series is to help us really kind of go to a new level in our faith, in our understanding of what we have in Christ and to be able to exercise those rights and privileges throughout our daily living in a way that we would live the way Jesus is inviting us to, which is as an overcomer, a victor, more than a conqueror, right? Those are not just words that sound good. That's truth of Scripture. It's a promise and an invitation that's available to you and I, but we can only walk that out by faith. When we do, there's a ripple effect. There is an impact that's happening from our lives outwardly that's making change throughout this world. So here today, we're going to begin in part four by reading in Romans chapter 12. Just a couple verses. Open them up, uh, your Bibles if you have them, Romans 12. And we also have the verses on the screen. The Apostle Paul writes, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God... That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I think I'm just going to have to pause for a second right there and say this. Um, and this is our live stream, so I'm sure that I'm sure I'll hear about this later. But so present your bodies as a living sacrifice. One of the arguments that I keep hearing again and again, and you've probably heard it too. Uh, with the whole abortion thing is my body, my choice, right? You've heard that before. Now, what really I think just kind of gets me is when you hear that from among people who are believers, because to me, that is the opposite of what the gospel teaches. The Bible says that you are not your own, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that indwells you. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. So to say that your body, your choice, is against what Scripture teaches us, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our body is to be stewarded in a way that serves the purposes in the Word of God. We yield to this. We don't bend this to fit our needs. Okay, I'm done. All right, that was chapter, verse 1. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Praise God. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Church, I want to tell you today that your mind is a battleground. Your mind is a battleground. And your ability to win that battle is critical to you walking out your destiny. The title of part four, if you're taking notes, is The Power of a Transformed Mind. The Power of a Transformed Mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for being with us this morning. Your presence that's this here is so evident and obvious. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you now, take the room, Lord. Just take over. Do whatever it is that you want to do here. Lead and guide every step of this service. I come against any distracting spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against any intimidating spirit, any spirit of fear, any foul spirit from hell. You are not allowed or permitted to have place in here today. We bind you, we subdue you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we announce the will of God be performed. Father, I ask you that you would anoint me, Holy Spirit, to to preach your word and teach your word sharply and accurately today. Lord, I, I really don't have much confidence at all in myself God but I know if you'll just if you'll just do what you do every time I get up here God that people could hear something from you and not from me that could help change their life God and that's what I'm asking you for today in Jesus name everybody said amen amen the power of a transformed mind You might have heard some of these quotes that I've heard a lot over the years. I just want to read a couple of them to you. Speaking about the importance of thoughts. You can't win in life if you're losing in your mind. Change your thoughts. Change your life. An idle mind is the devil's playground. You've probably heard some of these things before, right? I could go on and on. Um, There's no doubt that the quality of our thought life is of great importance to how we are living daily in victory or not in victory. Maybe ask yourself this question for a moment. What is the quality of my thought life? How healthy are my daily thoughts? The normal highway of the thoughts that are happening every day that I live, right? I don't necessarily... Uh, subscribe to that last quote, an idle mind is the devil's playground, I would actually say an unrenewed mind is the devil's playground because the mind actually is not idle. Think about that. It doesn't actually stop and go idle. The mind is constantly working. There's a survey, a study that was done in 2005, and it was the... uh, National Science Foundation, and they did a study, and they hooked hundreds of people up to these electrodes or whatever, and they monitored brain activity and waves, and obviously, they can't read your mind, but they can tell, I guess, when a thought stops and starts and begins and ends, and new one takes over, and they came to the conclusion of the study that there's like 60,000 thoughts a day that the average person has. Yeah, that was in 2005, and then just a couple years ago, they did another study, and they said, well, it's actually more like 6,000 thoughts a day, and so 
it's, it's a lot, whatever it is. Uh, just as a side point, science is the discovery of things that God has already created and knows. <laughs> and so when you, you know, we don't worship science. And so it was 60,000 in 05, and now it's 6,000, and I'm not sure what it'll be in five years, but it's a lot. It's a lot of thoughts that we have every single day. And what was interesting was that they said 95% of these thoughts were repeated, were, were done over and over again, right? And so they were repetitious. Why, why is that so important? Because I want to take you through just sort of a a, a chain here or a progression of things, why thoughts are so important to your destiny. I'm going to show this slide. Your thoughts actually lead to your actions, right? The Bible says in Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It just means that whatever is continuing to roll around in our mind, what we entertain, what we give place to in the thought highway of our life is eventually going to manifest itself out in actions, choices, and decisions that we make. But then actions repeated over and over again eventually form habits. Would you agree with that? Repeated actions are what we would call habits. And then habits over the course of our lifetime would determine our lifestyle or our destiny. You could say that this leads to ultimately how we see the world and how we react to the things that are happening to us. Our thoughts, in turn, shape our destiny. Jesus is really uh, specific about the thought life. He talks about it, and he makes a major point. He says, you've heard, don't commit adultery. That's a sin. But I'm telling you, if you lust after someone in your heart, in your mind, then that is actually committing adultery. Isn't it interesting that Jesus actually gets back before the action and he gets involved in the thought life? He says, no, this is sinful activity right here when you harbor an ungodly thought and you give place to it in your mind. And I've seen this many times over the years where things are happening in people's minds over and over again, and eventually it ends up showing itself out in an action. And then sometimes we ask this question like, man, I, how did that all of a sudden, did that just happen? How did that person just all of a sudden get to that place? Well, in my experience, that person did not all of a sudden just get to that place. Things have been happening up here, swirling around up here that were very unhealthy, that were allowed to continue to roll around, and then eventually it expressed itself out in, in action. So the thoughts shape our destiny. But if you look at the thought life, really what's driving the thoughts that we have would be what we might call our belief system, um, our worldview, our belief system in general. It's, it's all of the programming and neurocircuitry, if you will, that is in our brain. Again, science discovering what God has created. We know God's created the mind in a miraculous way, but what science has discovered is that we go through life and we continue to think thoughts, we continue to have beliefs, and then we, the brain actually forms what's called neuropaths, which are like little grooves in our brain 
that thoughts travel down, and it's just like water takes the path of least resistance. Eventually, the thoughts we're having daily are kind of flowing out of the well that is a belief system that we form. Does that make sense? And it's a lifetime of programming that leads to our belief system. And here's the the point I'm trying to make is that many times we see people come to God, they want to make a life change, they give their heart to Him, and they're born again and saved, filled with His Spirit. But there's a lifetime of programming and circuitry that now has to be renewed, and it's not going to correct itself. Right? It's not. And this is why I think there can be a dichotomy a lot of times for many people where the life that they want to live for God and that they desire to have in their daily living looks very different than the life they're actually walking out. They may may have given their heart to Jesus, but if they're not having their minds renewed, having that neurocircuitry essentially miraculously rewired and reprogrammed, then they're going to respond to everything that's coming at them in life, not according to what they want, but according to what the grooves or the circuitry that's already been formed in their brain is feeding the thoughts from. That source has to be renewed, has to be refreshed, has to be overhauled. And it is a process that the Holy Spirit is very interested in doing. He is the agent of transformation. Right? It's not a work of the flesh. Our will is involved and engaged, but the Holy Spirit is the agent of transformation. It's a miraculous and supernatural process. That's why we're talking about this in the series, The Power of a Transformed Life. If we want to live in victory as an overcomer, we have got to develop the mind of Christ. And the Holy Spirit will renew our minds so that we can walk daily with the mind of Christ. He says, Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he makes a contrast. What's the contrast? Well, he says, what you don't want is conformity. What is conformity? Well, if I had a large container of water up here, then it would be accurate to say, whatever vessel... I poured the water into, the water would take on the shape of that vessel, right? could have a barrel, I could have a, a plant-shaped jar, I could have many different shapes of vessels. Whatever I pour that water into, conformity means it's just going to take on the shape of whatever it's, it's, it's in, right? And Paul's saying, you don't want that in your life. <laughs> you don't want And this is what will naturally happen if we don't do something about it, is we'll just kind of start to allow the world to dictate our belief system. We'll allow the things of the world and of culture to shape our mind and our belief system, and then that's what will be feeding our thoughts. And then if that's the case, then our actions and our lifestyle won't look much different than the rest of the world and culture. Are you getting this? You've got to all kind of get back to it starts in our mind. He says that you need to be renewed. Your mind needs to be renewed, which means a new development, a renewal achieved by God's power. Now think about this with me for just a second. Renewal. 
You could say it as regeneration, right? A work of God to refresh and renew something. These, this term is also used in the Bible to speak about being born again. A renewed spirit, a regenerated spirit. Something new is happening, a change is taking place. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 says, or 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our inward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inward man, uh, the mind, you know, the Bible speaks about body, mind, and body, soul, and spirit. The soul is the mind, it's the will, it's our emotions, it's the seat, the faculty of our, our thinking right there. And so this is the point. If you have given your heart to Jesus Christ and you've been filled with His Holy Spirit, your spirit has been renewed. Has been renewed. When we go to be with Jesus in heaven, our bodies will be renewed. He says here, the outward man is perishing right now, but that outward man, that body will be renewed, regenerated into a new heavenly body that's fit for heaven's environment. Praise God. How many people are thankful for that, the resurrection? So your spirit has been renewed, Dean. Your body will be renewed, but listen, your mind is being renewed day by day. Does that make sense? It's a process that is continuing to happen. And so I said before, the mind is never idle. We know that there's these thousands of thoughts that are traveling down the thought highway of our life every day. But Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure... Whatever things are lovely or of good report, if there's any virtue or anything praiseworthy, meditate on such things, which means to think deeply on such things. So let me just help you for a minute on this. Uh, Where do you see these things in your life? Look around. Where do you observe things that are praiseworthy, that are pure, Uh, that are true, noble, just, lovely. When you observe these things, you ought to meditate on these things. You ought to think deeply on these things because this is part of the way the Holy Spirit renews our mind. And sometimes people can get so unhealthy in their thought life that it's like a building that's collapsed and there's rubble everywhere and and the things they're looking for are buried under all this and they're looking around and even though it's, it's there in their life, they can't see it anywhere. They don't see any of these things, so they can't meditate on them. They're only thinking about all the bad things and about all the negative things. And then that's what swirls around. But we, we ask the Lord to show us and see these things because we, they're all around us, the goodness of God, and then we can think deeply on these things. But the point in this verse that I want to really hit on is that our mind is always moving. It's always traveling in a direction. Our thoughts are always flowing. And so what we have to do is we have to steer our thoughts. We have to steer our thoughts. There's no 
neutral. There's no idle. There's no stop. It's always in gear. <laughs> Some people have a little higher gear than others, I think, but it's always in gear. It's always moving. So if that's the case, if we do nothing, we're going to end up off the side of the road. <laughs> we have to steer our thoughts to guide them in the direction of heavenly things. The Bible says, set your, your mind on things above and not on things of this world, which implies you have to steer the car, right? Has anybody ever had, um, had to have a vehicle alignment on your car? You ever had to have a vehicle alignment? So Katie's car... It seems like I've had to have four alignments on her car in like the last year, year and a half. So I went in the last time and I said to the guy, I said, is this normal? Like, I I mean, that's like an alignment every seven or 8,000 miles. He's like, well, it just depends on how you drive. Oh, okay. Well, that explains it, you know. I always kid around because we're driving. It's like wherever there's a pothole, There's another alignment coming, right? When your car needs an alignment, what happens? If you just let go of the wheel, doesn't it? It pulls. It turns on its own in one direction. And I'm just telling you, your mind, unstewarded, is not going to go in the direction of heavenly things. You're going to have to engage your will. You're going to have to engage your heart and steer your mind towards the things of God. There must be an intentional effort or there will be unhealthy outcome which will result in unhealthy actions which will result in unhealthy lifestyle. We have to steer our minds, right? And the Word of God is like water that washes over and purifies our minds. You say, well, I've got some unhealthy stuff in there. Join the club. <laughs> Welcome. To, I mean, every now and then I'll be like, whoa, where did that thought come? That was weird, like a crazy thought, right? We have these strange thoughts that come in. But the word of God is like water that washes over and cleanses it, 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 it washes out the polluted parts of the well that's in our belief system. Listen to me, and only the power of God and the Word of God can do this, but it, it, it supernaturally can deconstruct all of the wrong things in our belief system and in our minds and simultaneously begin to reconstruct things of substance and of truth that can now miraculously form an entirely new belief system and new neurocircuitry that our thoughts and our actions from that point on might be changed into a different pattern and behavior. That's what the Word of God can do. It can deconstruct and reconstruct all at the same time. The Lord said to Joshua, meditate on this word day and night. Think deeply on the things of God so that our minds are being renewed. Have you ever uh, seen where they do like a construction project and you go up to a a site or a, a lot, think, wow, that's a beautiful lot. It's a beautiful piece of ground. But the structure or the house or the building is entirely 
run down and dilapidated and you look to the structure you think man I don't think anybody could live in there or you wouldn't want to live in there but the lot is beautiful what do they do they come in and they begin first to deconstruct they tear down that old structure they pull it down to the ground and they get rid of all the old stuff and then they begin to erect a brand new structure and when that new structure goes up you say Wow, now there's that site, there's that piece of ground, that lot, but now there's also a beautiful structure that has been reconstructed that's sitting there as well. Our spirits are regenerated and renewed by the Holy Spirit according to the power of God, but our minds must daily be renewed so that every part of our life is being influenced by what God is wanting to do in and through us. It's like that beautiful structure that's up after God is able to renew and wash over our mind and change some of those past belief systems. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. Wow, we have the mind of Christ. I have thought and prayed and studied that so much because it's just, it kind of blows me away, right? To have the mind of Christ means that we, we actually hold it, that it's a, it's a place where it, it dwells. And so what I really believe is that he's saying because the Holy Spirit lives in you and God has a mind, he has a will, he has thoughts, we know that, the Bible speaks about these things. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you, the mind of Christ is in you and is available to you. But God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Well, I want the mind of Christ. I want your thoughts, God. I want those high thoughts. I know I can never be like you, but I want to think as much like you, God, as I can. And Lord says, if you'll renew our mind, that we can begin to actually have a heavenly belief system, not a worldly belief system. You start to understand today why it's so important that our minds are being renewed so that the quality and health of our thought life is improved and that will affect how we live daily. It it, it changes the way that we respond to the things that are happening to us. For example, it's the difference in something happening to someone and them saying, oh man, I'm never going to get through this. Well, this is going to be the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Well, this is going to be the end of me. That's, that's, that's an unhealthy belief system, right? But don't people who love God say things like that all the time? I'm telling you, that's flowing from a polluted well. <laughs> it's a difference in, in responding like that versus something happening and saying, Boy, this is going to be tough. This ain't easy. But praise God, I am more than a conqueror. He is, I am an overcomer in Christ. I'm going to get through this thing. I'm going to overcome this thing. I don't know how, but I trust Jesus. And He's going to lead me through this. I know it. I believe it. And there comes a point when our minds are being renewed, guys, when this isn't just a bunch of words that sound good or look good on a social media post. It's actually how you respond from inside when something happens to you. You're not trying to get something you don't have. You're actually operating from and responding from a place that's already been established in you. I know this thing is going to work out for my good because all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Amen? 
So he says you, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is unbelievable, but did you... Oh, this is... Oh. Let me think. I slow down, Matt, just to say. Okay, so he says you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformation is the outcome of renewal. Our minds are being renewed. Once they're being renewed, then they're transformed. They've been transformed into a new state. The word in the Greek for transformation is metamorpho. It's where the English word metamorphosis comes from. So think about a caterpillar and think about a butterfly. That caterpillar goes into that cocoon, wraps itself up, however many weeks go by, and then when it comes out, it's something different. It's a butterfly. It's a different state. This is the type of, this is the way that Paul is describing what happens when our minds are being renewed. That old circuitry, that old wiring, that old thought pattern and belief system has been torn down and something completely new and different has been established. Just like when we give our lives to Christ, we say the old man is dead and now the new man is alive. I am a new creation in Christ. Behold, all things have passed away. Old things passed away. All things become new. It's a new creation. It's a new state. It'd be like me taking a piece of wood up here, a log, and I'd say if you look at this under a microscope, you'd see the material structure of what this thing is, right? The molecules. I could chop it up with an axe and say, well, it's different now. And you look at it under a microscope, it's actually not any different. It's just in different pieces, but it looks the same under a microscope. But if I throw it in the fire and I char it until it turns into charcoal, and then you look at it, it's going to look different now because a chemical reaction has taken place and is a completely different substrate and structure now after that reaction has happened trying to tell you that this is miraculously what God can, wants to, and will do to your mind if you will allow Him to renew it. And when we have the mind of Christ in a transformed state, not only are we more able to steer our minds and our thoughts in the right direction, but listen to me, and this is what I think is going to help a lot of people today, is that we now have the keen sense of discernment and awareness to reject an ungodly thought when it tries to come in. Because that part of that quote I do agree with. It is the devil's playground. And he's constantly trying to slip. Am I right? Or He's trying to slip these thoughts in our minds. And we keep them. And something starts to happen. But just like if you sat down at a restaurant at a table and the waiter come up and laid a plate of food on you and it was rotten and disgusting and moldy, would you start to eat that thing? You'd say, excuse me, you can take that right back where it came from. Thank you very much. Just when the devil tries to serve you up unhealthy, molded, rotten thoughts that are ungodly that can conflict with what the word of God says why would you eat those things why would you take them in and let them start to be a part of what's rolling around inside there he says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 that we have the authority to cast down all of the arguments break strongholds and he says listen to this take thoughts captive you have got 
I'm, I'm trying to help you, but I can't do this for you. You've got to know how to take a thought captive when it tries to come into your mind and you say, uh-uh, that's not of God. That conflicts with what the word says. That is not truth. I'm going to take that thing captive, which means militarily, like by spear point, and I'm going to force that to bow its knee to the truth of scripture. And when you do, a child of God uses that authority in faith properly, you know what? The evil forces must bow and submit to that authority when it it's being exercised. You've got to know how to take a thought captive. And I'll say this last statement, speaking of the transformed mind. We think based on our present state of transformation. Wherever our minds have been renewed to, right? He says in verse 2 of Romans 12, that you would prove what is the good and, and perfect and acceptable will of God. You do these things and you'll reflect a lifestyle that aligns with Christ. But he's saying your mind is, the driving, is a driving force in this. But he says you'll prove what is the, the perfect will of God, which doesn't mean perfection. It actually means to be matured and maturing, which implies that it's an ongoing process. Does that make sense? So we, we think based on our present state of transformation. And many times, people will not submit to and seek out this, this process that the Holy Spirit wants to do, which is to be renewing our minds day by day. The inward man must be renewed day by day. Let me ask you this as I close. Do you believe he can do it? Do you believe he can do it? So if you believe he can do it, do you believe he wants to do it? So if you believe he can do it and he wants to do it, what you've just confessed is that you believe that that is the will of God for your life. And when we pray according to the will of God, praise God, the Bible says we have that which, of which we ask. And so I want to close today by asking each and every one of us, we're going to join together and we're going to pray. And I want you to ask the Lord right now this morning to renew, begin renewing your mind. Now, some of you may have all been, this may be a daily thing. And so it's just continuing. For some, this, have, this may be like brand new, right? And for others, there may be some things that the Lord, I think the Holy Spirit, maybe even through this message, has just highlighted for you like, hey, this, there's, there's a polluted well right here. This, this whole thing is, uh, he's identifying it, right? Because that's what the, the word of God, Hebrews chapter 4, it says that it, it discerns and exposes thoughts and intentions of the heart. It, it's going to illuminate and show you these unhealthy places and give you an opportunity to respond to that. And so if the Lord is showing you some areas in, in your thought life that are like polluted wells, I want you to just picture that river of God just kind of flooding in and flowing in and washing out all of those contaminants and just filling that vessel now with pure, clear, crystal clear, clean, fresh, life-giving water. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? 
And just let this be your prayer in your heart with you and the Lord. Not repetitious, but man, this is, make this your desire. Lord, I yield to you. I permit you, Holy Spirit, to renew my mind. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, today, renew my mind. Send the cleansing, life-giving, spring-fed water from the source that never runs dry. Flood in right now. Would you wash out any polluted wells? dated structures edifices that have been formed in my belief system throughout years of programming heartache, trauma telling you so many things can burn these things in our brain Holy Spirit, supernaturally and miraculously please God would you deconstruct tear them down right now in Jesus name and begin to build back up something that's strong something of truth God renew my mind I want to have the mind of Christ I want my thoughts to be your thoughts God I do not want to conform to the world I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind I believe that this is only possible because of the power and the person of Jesus Christ, who is my Lord and Savior. He died for me, gave his life for me, shed his blood for me so that I could be washed and cleansed. 